joining us momentarily this is back from the brink the after show for our on the brink morning radio show on kca 10:50 a.m and 106.5 and 102.3 fm in the inland empire that is southern california uh we continue on here you needn't listen to the radio show to listen to us but uh sometimes we carry over conversations but not always sometimes but not always occasionally so um stuff going on around the world today the um, Biden staffs up as Trump fires his top election security f- official. It's a little disconcerting that Trump's been firing people recently. It's like people who don't want to get on board with the idea that he, sh- he still has a chance to somehow uh, do something with this election. None of his lawsuits seem to be going anywhere. But if anybody in his administration uh, says something to that effect, he fires them at this point. So. Uh, seems like a lot of bitter grapes and, uh, you know, he's, he's behaving in a very childish and churlish fashion. And, uh, uh, you know, you just hope the man, uh, man's up and just says, okay, fine. It's over. I'll get you in 24. Uh, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, today also the Boeing 737 max was cleared by the FAA to start flying again. This is the plane that's been grounded for almost two years now, at least two years in March. Uh, because of issues with its autopilot system and how that was activated or deactivated and uh, and a combination of that and pilot training issues. And so uh, apparently certain things were kept out of the pilot training manual for whatever reason. I don't know what those were, but there's uh, certainly investigations going on. I suspect that there's going to be people whose heads will roll at... Uh, uh, you know, in the long run. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, that's going on. The elections chief for the state of Georgia has said that Trump suppressed the GOP vote and that cost him the state. Um, it's uh, some some weird stuff going on there. Um, but, uh, you know, that one is, is on a hand recount, I guess, is the is where it's at right now to see what the actual final thing was. And then uh, Senator Grassley has tested positive for coronavirus, and so they're talking about, like, shutting down the Senate for a period of time so that everybody can shelter in place and not get each other sick. So on, and the beat goes on there, huh? Uh, Well, let's see. My computer seems to be sticking, which is not good. Uh, Says I'm still broadcasting. But I'm hung up. Can't get my gear to do anything. This is weird. All right. Well, um, I can't look at the news, so I don't know what else to talk about. Uh, the you know here in Southern California. Well, in fact, in the whole state of California, per- pretty much everybody's gone purple again. And for those who don't know, in California, purple is the worst. Then there's the red. Then there's the orange. Then there's the yellow. And by county. The state has designated different counties, uh, one of those four colors, based on on uh, the number of COVID cases that they've had in the preceding week. 
And if you have X number of weeks, I think it's two weeks at one level, then you move to that level. And so there have been some counties that were clear down into the yellow and they've moved up to the red. They skipped to the orange entirely. And others who were in the red who moved back to the purple. Everybody seems to be moving to the towards the, the uh, darker end of the spectrum there, which is the, the worst colors, the purple and the red, uh, as opposed to the yellow. Here's Eric. Let's see if I can Hello, are you there? I am. Awesome. So I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get you to uh, come online um, because my computer is apparently hung up, Uh-oh. and yet I am still still broadcasting and talking somewhere. to you. Can you Oops. hear me? I'm uh, having. Well, there's the problem. I'm going to have to restart my computer. Talk. Hold on. Oh, so are you are you not broadcasting? Well, I don't know if I am or not. If things are acting very weird. Now it seems like things are working. Okay, hold on. Well, now... It was like my right button was working and not my left button. And now nothing's working again. It's locked up. I'm going to have to restart my computer. I think I'm broadcasting still. And I think I've got you online still. Those seem to be the only two apps that are working. Something else is going wrong and I don't know what it is. So do you want me and to I don't. Back? Uh, so let me restart, um, cause I'm, I'm literally going to have to go hit the power button on my computer. I can't even do a, sh- oops, well, wait a minute there. Things just came back. Hold on. Okay. I'm back. I'm back in the New York groove, baby. I'm back in the New York groove. Um, are you there? I am. Okay. Seems like I'm back. Whatever it was, whatever, uh, was, was, uh, Hung up on my computer, unhung itself, which is, I guess, a good thing. <laughs> the gremlins, you know, are, they went yeah. away, and that's good. I will tell, uh, for those who are who are listening to this, I am running the newest version of Mac OS, Mac OS um, Big Sur, which is Mac OS 11. And up till now, I've had absolutely no problems with it. That was the first time I've seen a hiccup since I installed it. Um, Gosh, two days ago, three days ago, something like that. Well, and it could be that something else updated and caused the hiccup. Yeah, I don't know what was going on in the background. I can go back and look at my system logs and do that kind of stuff. Most people don't do that, but I will. I will go back and see what the hiccup was at uh, roughly, you know, 10 minutes after 7 or 8 minutes after 7 that caused this to go weird. Yeah, but just before you called in, it like froze up and I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to answer the phone. I clicked on it. It wouldn't go. I hit my enter key and that's what then I got hooked me you know accepted the call so weird tech stuff this is weird yeah. the weird tech stuff podcast <laughs> <sighs> so i need coffee coffee mm-hmm. i need coffee i'm just saying that i need coffee i had my uh my one cup of joe this morning already i uh, had one of those uh, i think i've talked about it before the gafelia uh yes cappuccinos where you there's like powdered milk and then the coffee falls down from the maker into the little cup of powdered milk from the k-cup and and uh yeah they're yum diddly umptious my 90 calorie coffee so you know it is supposed to be beautiful next week um uh and i wonder this week is horrid but next week well i mean it's beautiful i well i was getting there (laughs) <laughs> it's not horrid. It's gorgeous outside. It's 59 degrees, and it's completely clear. But um, 
uh, now next week for Thanksgiving. And so, you know, this idea of mm -hmm. having Thanksgiving out on the lawn, we've been talking about that. I wonder how many people will be doing that outside, either in their backyard yeah. or in their front. Um, or maybe they're going to set up at parks and, and have their the Thanksgiving dinners. I'm across sorry? the way. I said we could wave at people across the way and say, Happy Thanksgiving to them. Actually, it'd be kind of a neat community thing to do that. And, and yet, you know, everybody keeps their distance. But yeah, you're right. Parks would be a good place to do it, too. You know, bathrooms so, would become an issue. Indeed. In a park, they would. They would. Um, right. But, you know, in somebody's front yard, obviously, they presumably they have a bathroom in their home. So, you know, whether right. they're in the back or the front, they, they could access. Yeah. Protect yourself bathroom. from COVID. Hold your breath. Run in. Use, do your business and run back out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, it's. I was a little worried that the that the weather was going to be, you know, cold or wet or whatever. And no, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in the seventies, <laughs> so it should be lovely. Okay, so you know when Spike Lee has sold out, he's getting ready to direct a musical about Viagra, sponsored by door. Pfizer. You are <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, yeah. really? Yeah, apparently. No, I'm That's reading it. It's onion? nope. It's from the Guardian. Oh my gosh! You know, he moves from Defy Bloods to uh, Viagra. Oh my gosh! I think it's going to be oh titled "What's gosh. Up." How do you do a musical <laughs> about Viagra? Instead of "What's New, Pussycat," you go "What's Up, Pussycat." There you go. Wow! 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 <laughs> Uh huh. I don't know. And I guess that would be Tomcat, right? Yeah, I don't know. He's co-writing the script with British playwright uh, Kwame Kwe Arma, uh, current artistic director of The Young Vic, and the music is by songwriters Stu Stewart and Heidi Rowald, who previously collaborated on the stage musicals Passing Strange, filmed by Lee in 2008. That's nutty. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you go see that? I wouldn't. I don't care if it is Spike Lee. Yep, yep, yep. That's originally, you know, it was originally developed as a treatment for angina in a UK lab. Uh -huh. And they noticed a side effect. Yes, they did. Wow. Huh. Wow. Okay, Spike Lee. Go, <laughs> you go. You be you, yeah. man. Yeah, Did you know that uh, Conan, Conan O'Brien's also ending his late night talk show after 10 seasons on TBS? And he's going to do a show on HBO Max. Oh. Well, I like Conan. He's funny. Yeah. He's been doing this kind of thing for about 30 years. First with Saturday Night Live and then uh, uh, Tonight Show and, and then the Conan O'Brien show. And yeah, he's moving to a weekly variety series on HBO Max. So, so he was it's, a writer with The Simpsons. I think at the same time he was writing with SNL. I think he was a writer with SNL, and yeah. he was a writer with The Simpsons. That's what I understood. I could be wrong. Maybe it was just The Simpsons that, I, and I'm, I'm remembering it wrong. But uh, I'm not going to look up his Wikipedia page. Anyway, he's ending his TBS show, <laughs> and uh, and he, he will um, uh, his travel specials that he does Conan Without Borders will continue um, I don't know if you are familiar with those but he does a Not travel series yeah where he goes around the world and so Conan Without Borders will continue 
I suppose you could probably Google it and find out where it's broadcast. Uh, he served as a writer-producer, including Saturday Night Live, uh, and be- before becoming host of Late Night. Uh, and then he left briefly to be the Tonight Show host, and then he returned to his own show on TBS the following year. So, 28 years in late-night TV. Wow. Wow. And I do remember, last, it's been a long time since I watched Conan. The last time I watched Conan, um, he was making, frequently making jokes about looking like the president of Finland, or the prime minister <laughs> of Finland. Apparently he looked a lot like her. She was tall and had short red hair, just like he does. <laughs> she. I love that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she was a woman. She was a woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like they could yeah. have been siblings. <laughs> That's great. Perfect. Perfect. So anyway, yeah, for those of you who are fans, um, he is uh, going to go to a weekly instead of a nightly show, but uh, he'll be on HBO Max for those who want to do it. And, and apparently on TBS will continue to show the uh, or uh, create new episodes of uh, uh, Conan Without Borders. So, uh, cool. So for those who like to... I kind of like travel shows, to tell you the truth. I enjoy... Uh, you know, since uh, vicariously living for, through somebody else traveling, you know, the, on the uh, on the uh, HGTV channel or DIY or one of those channels, they have a show where it's like people who've gotten a job in another country and they're shopping for a house or an apartment in the other country, and it's nice because that type of show you get to see what it's like in the neighborhoods. You know, you don't. It's not just oh, here's the touristy things you do when you're in in uh, you know the suburbs of Paris. No, it's like here's here's you know what houses look like from the inside, and here's how people live in houses in, in you know Taipei and and versus uh, you know in uh, Bruges or something, you know. Right. And so uh, it's just fun to see that, you know. And what you learn right away is is that most of the world people live in much smaller space than they do in the United States. It's true. That they do. Their refrigerators are what we would call a, a wine fridge because they buy most of their food fresh and they eat a lot less because they don't have a place to store it. Uh, very few places have ovens. Most of the stuff is cooked on stoves, and very often the stoves have two burners or maybe a hot plate. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's fairly different than, than the way we're used to doing stuff. Although it's funny. I don't know about you, but like when we cook on our stove, I seldom use more than two burners at a time. Yeah, we have them. Yeah, we have five them. burner yeah, stove, exactly. but I can't remember ever using more than two at a time. Yeah, you know, and maybe I, and, during and the holidays. The same one. I use the same burner ninety percent of the time. We do too. We do too. Uh, you know, we use front right. I use I use front left. Yeah, yeah, and the, if we use the second one, it's front left. You know, I don't think I've ever even turned the center one on, and uh, and I occasionally use one on the back row if if I have to keep something warm while I'm doing other things, and that's yeah. only if we're doing a fairly complex large meal, which you know there's two of us, so there aren't a whole lot of those. When the kids were little and old enough, like tall enough to just grab a hold of something on the stove, then I use the back burner. Mm-hmm. But other than that, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty wasteful, the whole big, giant cooktop thing. But they look impressive. Yeah, well, they look at, yeah, or if you're cooking for 20, you know, uh, in that farm kitchen back when farmers had, you know, 11 kids so that, you know, they could work the farm with them. But uh, today's world is kind of overkill, really. 
but uh, you know, it's what it is. It is what it is. It works. The stove cooks the oven. You know, honestly, I think uh, in my house we bought it more for the, for a big oven than we did for anything else. You know, but you can't get a big oven without a fairly good sized cooktop on top of it. And uh, you know, my family is bakers, so it, when we went looking for stoves, it was get an oven, and then we'll deal with whatever burners are attached to it. So, Todd. Yes, ma'am. Okay, sorry, you were totally breaking up, so I think that was probably just a, a Skype thing, and I apologize. Yeah, sc- but I Skype or cell tower. You. Okay, I was just talking about the fact that when we went to buy our uh, uh, current cook surface, that the main thing we were looking for was a big oven, and the the whatever kind of cooking surface on top was consequential. It was just, uh, you know, as long as it was a gas stove, we didn't care, and however many cook burners or whatever, it, it was... You know, it didn't matter. Just as long as it's on top of a big oven, because my wife bakes. She does, as we've talked about. Yeah. So, did you see the People magazine has the, and I'm still driving, so I can't look up his name, but one of the actors from Black Panther has made, has, has now been named the sexiest man alive. Yeah, I actually read, you know, that was incorrect. They published that quickly because uh, I am the sexiest man alive. That was an error, publishing problem, and there was a retraction. I'll find it for you. Let me find the retraction. Uh, it's Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. I, yeah. I, I, I actually, I didn't like Black Panther, but I, it, it's not really a Black Panther problem. I don't like any superhero movies. Yeah. I don't watch yeah. them. I don't like them. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful though. People go, "Well, you don't like black superheroes?" It's like, "No, I don't like yeah. any superheroes." <laughs> I don't I don't like any superhero movies. Real seriously, I don't like any of them. I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't like the 500,000 Spider-Mans. I don't like, yeah. you know, all the Batmans. I just don't I don't like that genre. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny how sometimes when you mean one thing, it comes out another way. I had um, a family member say, "Hey, you know, I would be here for a while, but I'm actually going to go down and watch the uh, Pride Parade." And I and my immediate response was, "Why on earth would you do that?" And they looked at me like, "Well, why wouldn't I go support gay people?" And I went, "Oh no, no, no! I mean, why would you go to a parade? Any parade? Yeah, right. you <laughs> I like hate. Parades. I don't like parades. I hate. Either. I hate parades. You know, I've told the story before. My dad drug drag drug me to every parade within a hundred miles of our house when I was growing up. He loves parades. Consequently, I hate parades. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's like." You know, you go support whoever you want to go. And if you enjoy the parade, go enjoy the parade. But parades? Bleh. Gives me, like, shivers. Bleh. Why would you go to one of those? Yeah. Go stand on the side of a street and watch people walk past you. Okay. Yay. That's exciting. That's you know, but I guess when you're uh, a kid growing up in the 50s in the middle of Kansas, that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, uh, that wasn't me. No. <laughs> That was my dad, and, uh, and so, so yeah, parades, uh, and, and I could get it. You feel the same way about uh, 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 superhero movies. Oh, my gosh, so. they're just, there's 500,000 of them. Yeah. And, it's, and they're all the same stupid story. It's, it's a genre that has been, uh, they've, they've ridden that horse for every dime they could get out of it. That, and the horse I, is dead. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because I really enjoyed some of them, but I, the last few that I have been to, 
I'm having difficulty with the whole suspension of disbelief. They're getting, well, first of all, they're also, you know, they've gone through like the frontline superheroes. So now they're going deeper, a deeper dive. And so there's superheroes that if you were a comic book fan, you know who they are, but the rest of us go, "Eh, who's that guy? What's he do? Oh, he squirts green stuff out of his eyeballs. Okay. Is that, is that a thing? Is it, you know, um, it's really mythology, right? Because the stories that they're telling are, you know, Greek and Roman and other mythologies, Norse mythologies, but they're, you know, changing the characters a little bit, but it's, it's essentially right. what they're, what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I'm just not into it. It's, it's yeah. not my thing. Yeah. And, and I really I have enjoyed that. a lot of them. I, I am very much into it. I've enjoyed the, the, a lot of them, but they're, um, the, you know, the, the, the storylines and the character development is getting weaker and weaker as they go by because they're, they've used all the better source material and now they're digging deep into this stuff and it's just, I'm having a hard time finding a lot of enthusiasm for them. The last couple that I have, have not enjoyed as much. Um, that said, I was looking forward to the much postponed uh, Black Widow movie and we'll see if that one finally ever makes it to light of day in a theater. Or dark of dark of day in a theater. Theaters are dark. I don't know how to say that. Anyhow, we'll see if it ever gets released. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Tobin. Tobin loves them, and our and our um, uh, our Molly and daughter Awa loves them. So Tobin and Awa can enjoy those together, and and mm-hmm. Amina and I will stay home. She's our other African daughter, and she she mm-hmm. uh, doesn't she likes them about as much as I do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Awa also likes ice cream, right? So between the ice cream and the movies, she's uh, she's she's my kind of girl. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I am. I I am eager for movie. We've talked about this for months. I you know. Mm-hmm. I my husband, his his uh, his release along with you. It must be a Brinker thing. He loves going to the movies. And, yeah. you know, you just can't right it's now. It's a treat. It's a treat. Yeah. No, in fact, uh, what was it? A couple, uh, a week or so ago. Well, last week when I was in the studio, I, I had, it was uh, Veterans Day. And so we, he had the day off from teaching. And I said, hey, you know, Orange County is allowing, you know, a few people in a theater at a time. You want to go down and see a movie. And there was only one new movie out. And we both went, well, Never not mind. really. You know, I've got stuff I got to do prepping for school tomorrow and stuff. It's like, well, yeah, that sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> but it is the responsible thing to do and very much what all the teachers in the world have been doing recently. So uh, so he said no, and I didn't going to go by myself. The movie, it was one of those, it was one of those movies where like, well, it's the new movie out, the new movie out. Um, it was a Kevin Costner movie um, uh, about uh, his... Uh, a battle between his uh, uh, his daughter and trying to get her kid back from from uh, his parents, his dad's parents' family, or something like that. I don't know. That was sort of the the premise, and it was like, okay, you know, it wasn't a movie I was dying to see. Like when Tenet came out, that I was excited to see. Um, you know, this time warping kind of thing I, uh, that to me made it, it was again i like the sci-fi kind of stuff and and you know battles draw family dramas don't do much for me you know i'm not a kramer versus kramer fan even though i acknowledge it was a great movie two people arguing and hating each over uh, hating each other in a divorce 
does not make entertainment for me. No, with a, with a kid in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just great film, but not my preferred way to, uh, not my preferred escapism. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That was sort of the yeah. same thing here, except it was like Kramer versus Kramer with, you know, full body contact fighting. <laughs> yeah, so needless to say, we skipped it. Apparently, everyone in Ohio is going under a curfew starting tomorrow. Mm. Um, residents must stay home from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. with some exceptions. Um, you know, and this is going to last at least three weeks. Uh, the, the curfew was issued by the governor and it will exempt people who work during those hours, obviously, and will still allow people to carry out essential activities um, in, involving things like food repairs, health, and medical needs. Uh, but dining out um, is prohibited, um, and there could be a $750 fine plus misdemeanor charges. Um, right. And 90 days behind bars. Who, who's going to dine out at 10 o'clock at night? Well, I mean, but if you get off, let me, let me ask, if you get off work, at you know 10 o'clock at night you work in a hospital you get off at maybe or midnight because you have 12 hour shifts you started at at, at noon mm-hmm. or whatever then then you're you, if you want to go through a del taco drive-thru yeah there won't, there won't be any so you know no obviously the bars will be closed um dewine says the curfew dewine being their governor the curfew will for now keep him from having to shut down restaurants bars and gyms amid resurgent coronavirus um Bars and restaurant owners have rallied against the idea of a shutdown, um, and so they are they are relieved right. of what they see as a compromise. Well, and and you think about the you know, they said you can go to work. Well, if if there's a 24 hour drive through at your local Del Taco or whatever burger joint or whatever, they're still open. On your way home from the hospital, you can go through the drive through on your way home because you're traveling back and forth between your work, right? So that's not going to stop that. To me, it sounds like this is a compromise because it says something that doesn't actually mean anything's going to change because nothing's going to change. I mean, I guess they could bust you if you're walking down the street at 10 o'clock at night. So this is going to stop those high school kids from hanging out on the street corners until 2 in the morning. Okay. Cool. They shouldn't be doing that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It, It sounds to me like it's pretty ineffectual. Well, yeah. You know? I don't know. Um... I know that that uh, Sacramento has talked about the same thing, talking about curfews, which is not the same as martial law. Martial law says if anybody's out and about, we will stop you and and uh, and, and shoot you. They could put shoot you, you in jail or whatever. I guess technically they could shoot you, um, you know. But but uh, you know, having a curfew is one thing; enforcing it is another. You know, because they've got to have all those exceptions, right? People out working. And, and on their way home from work. And and so anybody who gets stopped or pulled over, yeah, I'm just leaving work. Or I'm on my way to work. Or, you know, I, I, I have a, a ill parent or an elderly parent that I have to go check on, you know, at certain times of the night. You know, I know when they did it previously, um, different uh, businesses, if like you were in healthcare or some other, other businesses, they is- you had to have a letter issued from your employer saying, you know, on you. And so, the, so like uh, my daughter works in healthcare. She was given a letter by her employer to keep in her car that just said, you know, hey, I'm a healthcare worker, and I'm allowed to be out and about. <laughs> uh, that it just you know, 
it just bothers me. I, the loss of liberty, yeah. it just it just bothers me. Yeah, me too. I think it's essentially unenforceable. You know. In fact, if they tried to enforce it too much, what would happen is you would have a you know half a town up at ten o'clock walking down the street going, try to arrest me. <laughs> you know, me you and me and my exactly me and my you know uh, four hundred and fifty thousand friends. Give it your best shot. You know. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, I I. I don't know that that will make any difference. I don't know that that will make, you, mm. you know, I, I just don't know that it will do anything. If you're talking about wanting to make an impact on the virus, I, I just, I think it's do, there are people out there who say we've got to do something without ever asking whether that something will make a dent in the problem you're trying to solve. And I'm of right. the opinion that this won't do anything. I agree. It's it. So. it it's, it's uh, there's very little that uh, you can be affected. So, yeah, I mean, and here we go again. Mm-hmm. I, it just bothers me. It really does. It really bothers me. So, but who am I? I'm a nobody. So, well, you have a mouthpiece, you have uh, a radio show, and you have a um, podcast, and people can hear you, and so you can say, rise up, say no, <laughs> use your brain, make a decision, question everything. Question, yeah, I am a question everything kind of person, and I'm yeah. a use your brain kind of person. Don't trust the man. So, did so. you watch any of the um, the hearings for Zuckerberg and what's his face from Twitter, Jack Dorsey from Twitter? They're they're testifying in the Senate right now. Um, and yeah, they questions. keep calling them in. And if I, if I were them, I would at some point say, you know what, you've called me in four times in the last two months. Screw you. Send the cops. I'm not going to come in again. I'm tired of this. I've got a business well, to run. Yes. <laughs> Although I have to say, I, I think. Um, I, I was watching a, a few of the Republicans um, question them. There were one of them was um, I uh, was Ted Cruz, and I forgot who the other guy was. Um, and basically, they're 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 moving to the point where they are. He, he accused them of making editorial decisions, and it's the same thing that you and I have been talking about because they do mm-hmm. make editorial decisions. Um, Absolutely. You know, they, it's, you know, Jack Dorsey chose to silence the Washington Post. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I since have, have learned something about that, too. I didn't realize at the time, because I was complaining about the Washington Post story about um, uh, uh, Hunter Biden, the information that they had about him was being blocked by a lot of places. I didn't yes. realize that the Washington Post is owned by the same people who own Fox News. So what? I know, news. but I just, I'm just i just saying that, that you know, so if Fox what? News... Is, if Fox News is reporting from another place as if it's from an external source and they're basically from the same source, then then um, I, I, I think you have to question that a little bit. Now, block. I'm not excusing blocking anything. That, I think, was completely wrong and makes the, the very point that I made from the very beginning is these places should be treated, uh, should not be given the clearances of, of uh, you know, the freedom to block whatever they feel like. Yes. And while claiming that they're not making editorial choices, so don't don't hold them to the same 
legal requirements that are required of newspapers and other media outlets. Yeah. You know, just because you don't like a particular media outlet, you know, Mr. Dorsey and Mr. Zuckerberg doesn't mean that you have the right to block it. You don't because you have protections under the law because you are pretending to just be a platform. Well, you're not a platform. You are now a publisher slash editor. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and in fact, the, the, the way the law is written is that they were, they were told that they were allowed to edit in order to meet community standards. Well, when you're a billion people strong, there is no community standards. It's, it's the world standards, and now you're just editing. Yes. Well, I mean, the community standards would be like, you know, Al-Qaeda recruiting people using Facebook and Twitter. It would be like, you know, the video of, of, that, of that shooter in New Zealand massacring the people in the mosque. You know, right. block that stuff. But the New York Post, I think, is the fourth largest newspaper in the United States. And so it's but not see, now, been around. They've been around now, for how many hundreds of years? Now you're just draw, you're, you're arguing about where to draw the line. And I'm saying that, that, that there shouldn't be a line drawn. You should just be treated like a news agency. Yes. I think. Well, I mean, we're agreeing, but I just, you know. Yes, I we mean, are agreeing. You know, it's... You can't say, well, you're supposed to block this, you're not supposed to block that, because community standards means nothing. I mean, it really doesn't. It, it, yeah, you know, really it's, doesn't. it's whatever you interpret it to mean, which means nothing. There is no standard there when, they're, when it's just that vague. And so, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're either editing stuff or you're not. And they are clearly editing stuff, and so therefore, yeah, they should lose some of the protections and some of the, um, um, you know, anti- I mean, they, they basically can't be sued because they're because of the of the way um, I'm, I'm blanking. Is it two oh three two thirty? I can't. What's the name? It's two something. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that the the, the that that particular piece of law legislation. But uh, yeah, that just needs to be completely amended or thrown out, and just say, look, you guys clearly are editing what's on your site. Uh, you are clearly no longer protected. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yep. which means for them that is very expensive because anytime anybody shares copyrighted information improperly or anytime you know there's anything libelous said or anything like that, those platforms are now would be held liable without this protection. So yep. they are playing with fire, and yep. um, and so I think that I think that they have earned the right to be sued. Yep, I think so. I think so. So. You know, hope they ha- hope they expect to spend some of their money on on really good lawyers. I'm sure they will, yep. but I'm sure uh, they will. They probably already do in a large way, <laughs> and a lot of lobbyists in order to keep themselves uh, from having to change the laws. You know, they're they're working real hard to buy themselves some representatives and some senators. So, yeah, I I think that um, you know, you know, and I rail on about Facebook a lot, but. Google's actually the the more subtle one here because Facebook if something was posted that they take down or they they mark it as you know this is inaccurate because of and then a link to to alternative views about what is or isn't facts uh at least it's there and it's part of the conversation in Google they just it just doesn't show up in the search anymore it just disappears and because Google is so dominant in their space if it's not in Google, it might as well not be on the internet. It's hard to find unless you know the exact address. So I think it's uh, I think it's time for some antitrust work. 
Yeah, you know? Google in particular has has absolute authority. I mean, other than in in mainland China, Google is like ninety plus percent of the entire search market in the entire world. And so, if Google decides that you know when you type in a certain word, things don't show up because they don't like them, it just disappears. You don't even know that it was there. You know, you don't know to complain because it wasn't there, you know, unless you try to use, you know, I mean, the uh, Bing engine, which is Microsoft's engine, is the alternative. It's not that great. DuckDuckGo, by the way, uses Bing as its underlying engine. Um, People say they go to DuckDuckGo because they like the idea that, you know, they don't track you. Well, great. They don't track you. They also don't find as much stuff because their search engine is not as good. But um, but but you know, honestly. I use Bing most of the time. If I find that it's not working for me, then I'll go use Google. But I use Bing, or not Bing, but uh, DuckDuckGo. I use DuckDuckGo most of the time. It's set up as my default search engine. but uh, And it works 90% of the time. But I'm not searching for, you know, uh, hard-to-find, difficult things. I mean, very often I'm just searching for, frankly, most of the time what I'm searching for is a Wikipedia page. I could probably just search Wikipedia and be just as just as well off. Um, yes. But uh, Wikipedia doesn't have the uh, feature where when you start searching for something, it auto-completes it and, or, or does a search because I typed it in wrong. You know, I misspelled it, but it'll sort of find it. So if you use uh, the search bar built into your browser and change your default to DuckDuckGo, if you mistype somebody's name, it'll like correct it and give you the answers for what it, it thinks you wanted. And it's right most of the time because I don't spell it right, you know. And... Uh, and then I click on the Wikipedia link. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pr- that's probably eighty percent of my searches. So, so some photos, real quick here at the end. You know, G- Gavin Newsom has talked about cracking down again in California and and, <laughs> and all of that. Right, as Apparently, he went to a party. <laughs> what was that? And then he went to a party. Well, close. He went to he went out to dinner. Uh, dining indoors at the French Laundry restaurant in, um, which is Eric Repair's restaurant in Napa Valley earlier this month. And um, the people took pictures of him and shared it. And apparently uh-huh. the metadata has been confirmed that it actually, you know, that nothing Photoshopped. These are real pictures. And uh, he's sitting indoors with a group of people, nobody wearing masks. So, you know, you, you want to say that we believe science and we're the science people fine then 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 do what you're telling everybody else to <laughs> yeah. do. we believe science and then we behave stupidly like everybody else exactly yeah well welcome to humanity dude yeah, um so although people that were brought together celebrating a 50th birthday mm-hmm. yeah so uh but indoors at a restaurant sitting at a table you're eating and drinking you take your masks off and if it was like a month ago, things were th- lightening up and people were opening up restaurants. I don't know in that county whether they were orange, red, blue, yellow, or purple. Um, you know, but, but the whole color key thing has something to do with it. So, you know. This I, was like, taken on 11-6, Todd. Okay, so a week and a change ago? Yeah. In Napa? In Napa. Yeah, I don't and- know what color they were then. But my point is, Todd, that you're not, they, he's a damn hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. As he's, as he's telling the little people, we peons, um, that we cannot, 
that we cannot get together, we cannot dine indoors, we cannot, you know, do any of these things. And, you know, only he and his rarefied air and the people in his, in his social strata can go out and do these things. Mm-hmm. But he is from the party of science. Well, but... I mean, I think you're mischaracterizing what he's saying, I mean, to be fair. I think that what he has said is, is that in the areas where it's purple, don't do this. When it's red, follow the rules within each area based on the ratings. Now, that said, I just looked. And Sonoma County, which is where Napa and Sonoma both are, is currently purple. A week ago, it was purple. Two weeks ago, it was purple. Three weeks ago, it was purple, which if I understand correctly, means that that uh, no indoor dining is supposed to be happening at all. Yes. Right? Only outdoor dining. Uh, when you go to red, you're allowed to have, what, 25% capacity for indoor dining? Yes. So, yes, he's a hypocrite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. No so two ways about it. I don't believe you, Governor Newsom. This is why. Yeah. It's well, like, this is like... Saying that the world is falling, or Ocasio Cortez, AOC, saying that the sky is falling, we're going to be all dead in 12 years because of global warming. And by the way, she has a massive apartment. You know, that, that is, her carbon footprint is much bigger than your average person. So, yeah, well, and Al Gore's carbon footprint after complaining and doing making his, his bones on being Mr. Uh, Green, his, yes. his, uh, his uh, uh, home was much less green than that of President Bush, who was yes. like, dude, you know, <laughs> exactly. we're going to be common sense about this. And he lives on a ranch and has a much smaller car- carbon footprint. Uh, yes. You know, or or our Speaker of the House telling everybody that you got to be safe and locked down and then goes and gets her hair cut when, it, when all the haircut places were supposed to be shut down. Yes. You know, um, I think we're seeing a pattern. Politicians yes. lie. Oh, my gosh. Politicians lie. I can't stand, but I, I, it's it just... <sighs> yes, but then I don't want any more Karens in my face saying, you know, that I yeah. just I just don't like I don't I'm not I don't believe in science. That's the epithet, right? I don't believe in right. science. Fight yeah. me. Yeah. Well that's certainly been the attack that, that that you've heard recently. And it's like, come on. You know? It's like, no, I don't want people to die. And no, I, I am not a non uh, a science unbeliever. Um but I'm also thinking common sense here. Come on. Seriously. Seriously. So with that, we are completely out of time. Darn, I was having so much fun on that co-rant. <laughs> Let's do that more often. Ah, feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes. Feels good to get it out. It does. it does. So thanks for joining us on our rant time. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.